You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Yo, what's going on, Mike? How's things? How's your week? Bowling-wise, not too good. Last week, I bragged about shooting 700. I'm not even going to tell you what I shot this week, but it was it was several hundred pins lower than what I bowled last week. I'll say that. <laughs> well, what was, it, was it a different shot, or what happened? Why? Yeah, yeah, we bowl on, uh, like, three patterns. They rotate short, medium, long, and uh, – this week was on the medium. And I, I don't know, man. Like, usually I, I do pretty well on that pattern. I thought I had them figured out. I use the same ball that I feel comfortable with. And, yeah, nothing just looked good. I, honestly, I don't even feel like I threw it that bad. I just didn't score very well. I've left a lot of splits, a lot of tough spares that I didn't convert. So, it was a disappointing night. It was the, uh, you know, second night of the first half. So, we're still early. But, uh yeah, I mean, walking in, I felt like a million bucks from shooting 700 the week before. But, you know, but other than that, I mean, everything else is good, man. Super Bowl week, right? I'm I, I'm kind of on the Andy Reid train. Mm, yeah, I mean, well, I'm kind of on the Chiefs too, but which means bet the Niners. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I feel like my brother is in Vegas right now, and he was saying that it seems like all the money's starting to go on the Niners by the end of, uh, by the weekend. And that's probably because a lot of California people uh, drive in or fly into Vegas. But uh, he likes to be a lot of people like the Niners in the under. And I'm thinking like Chiefs in the over. So I don't know. You know, you never know what this. But I guess the, the biggest bet is the over and under in a national anthem, Mike. That's always the biggest bet of the Super Bowl history of of the weekend. Probably, probably the most popular prop bet. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take some time tomorrow to uh to get my prop bets together. You know, we have legalized gambling here in New Jersey, so uh, I have my cousin who's uh, a complete degenerate um, who <laughs> will be putting together some prop bets with me. He's coming up to watch the Super Bowl. Uh, nothing crazy planned, but. Yeah, uh, Rob, I, I want to ask you how your week is, but people already know because, you know, we haven't put out an episode in quite some time, and everybody always knows what that means. It means Rob is busy. Mm-hmm. Rob is busy as a guy, so I know you just got back from Cali, yes? Yeah, it was a good trip. Uh, the weather there is perfect as always, 70 degrees, sunny. Saw uh, the old man. Uh, the old man got into it at the restaurant on uh, Saturday night. He Man, the old man's feisty. I'm telling you, like he, he's still got a little bit of that Parashah gene in him. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> some. We we go to this restaurant that he always likes. It's this like great restaurant in L.A. And uh, there was like a two hour wait for a table. And uh, I, I didn't mind waiting because the restaurant is that good. So real quick, I'm sitting in the in the waiting room, and there's one chair in the waiting room. All the other benches are outside. And uh, for L.A. standards, it was pretty cold that night. It was probably in like the the mid-40s or like low 50s. So everybody is outside in these heaters. I'm the only person sitting in this chair in the the waiting room. My dad wouldn't sit. So just throwing that out there, I did offer him. He's 78. I said, Dad, you take the seat. He's like, no. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the the hostess comes over and literally takes the chair from me and says, you shouldn't be sitting there. 
Oh, my dad did not like that. My dad started fighting with the woman. How do you take his chair away? Then he found out it was a parking valet from the restaurant that ratted me out for sitting there. So he starts yelling at the valet guy. Then he's yelling at the hostess. Man, my old man was on fire. And here I am just like, dad, you're going to really make me like throw down in the middle of this restaurant. But, you know, I kept my cool. I kept my composure. But the old man, I had a, had a common mouth for about 10 minutes, Mike. So uh, I don't know. He, he's, it just cracked me up. I was just like, dad, like you, you, you know, I, I wish my brother Dave was there. My brother Dave would have probably did, did some, some damage to that valet guy. But anyway, so yeah, so that was my trip. It was fun though. It was good, great spending time with him and see some old friends. And yeah, I'm back in the Chicago weather and uh, ready to talk some bowling, dude. So what, what nationality are you again? My father's Persian, so my father's Iranian. So we, there's this Persian restaurant. and uh, I, think, like, I think you'll appreciate this too, just knowing what you're a fan of. But I, I kind of picture your dad being like the Persian Larry David. <laughs> no, my dad is actually like a retired like doctor. Like he's pretty like introverted and he's pretty like not confrontational. That He's never been confrontational in his whole life. I swear to you. It's always been my mom that's been a little bit confrontational. My mom don't take shit from nobody. My dad's always been the one, like, settling the fights. But my dad, all of a sudden, in his old age, is getting older. He ain't taking shit. He, he's got no time. He's got no time for a host, hostess to take away my seat. He's, he was ready to roll, Mike. I swear, you would have been proud of him. I, I, I'm telling you. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Rob. Well, like you said, man, we're ready to talk some bowling. That's for sure. Uh, it's been a little while, so... We have a lot to talk about tonight, so uh, let's get into it for the people here. Rob, Oklahoma Open. Let's uh, let's start the conversation there. You know, it's been a while for the podcast. Uh, we 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 want to catch up, and you know that show took place right after we aired our last episode, so we haven't had a chance to discuss it. So, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Let's start there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like my first impression of the show and I, I tweeted out about this was it wasn't a very interesting show to me, Mike. And I'm being just honest here. Like there was not a whole lot of uh, emotion or I don't know, like drama. It just, I, I don't know. It just didn't really do it for me, Mike. Um, you know, congrats to Sean Rash, by the way, what an amazing performance. Uh, the kid just looked, he looked the best he's ever looked on TV in his whole career. He was comfortable, relaxed, his shots, you could just tell the confidence in his shots and what he was doing. He just, he had it like going, but as for like the whole show was entertainment value, Mike, I just, it, it, I wasn't a fan. Yeah. I, uh, I, I thought it was a good show. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, listen, I made a prediction before the show started. I put some thoughts out on Twitter and uh, you were live tweeting from our account during the show. Um, you know, and I said, Hey, listen, I think it's very possible with three lefties on this show that if Sean Rash gets through the first match and he's able to get the lanes to break down the way he wants them, he, he might be really tough to beat. And, and Rob, that's kind of exactly what happened. I mean, he, he went 279, 289 the last two games. Hmm. Yeah, I, you did say it. You know, shout-outs shout outs to Big Mike for, for calling that. Uh, you know, it's too bad we can't gamble I, my, on it. My analysis is on point. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it just shows what 
you know, the lefties and just urethane and, and, and whatnot, what, what happens to, to, to their shot. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, Rash was just, I mean, he was on Mike. Uh, there wasn't anybody that was going to beat him. Uh, I mean, God, 279, 289, just, just pr- pretty incredible performance, honestly. But uh, what do you think of the entertainment? You think every show is good, though, Mike? I, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever heard you criticize the show like I criticize it because you, you watch it in a different kind of level than other people watch it. But as for, like, entertainment, I mean, did you really – were you entertained? Did you think that this was, like, interesting? Uh, I did. I did because because of some of the things that I mentioned on, on Twitter leading up to it. Like, for instance, okay – I'm watching this show and I'm going into the show and here's what I'm thinking to myself. You know, Sean Rash, he gets to, he, he's going to bowl Packy Hammerhand in the first match, right? Packy Hammerhand's first show. You know, shout to him. Big, big, big moves from him, right? I mentioned his name last year. I put out on Twitter, where'd you hear that name first? You heard it on Sweep the Rack, most likely. Uh, some people got back to me to actually let me know where they heard it. Shout to my boy, Big J, because that's where I heard it from. But uh, nonetheless, Sean Rash gets to bowl Packy Hammerhand bowling his first show. Rob, it's Sean Rash against the first timer. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, didn't think was, there was going to be. You didn't think there was going to be. I mean, come on, he's going to eat him alive. There's going to be yeah. a couple balks in that game. There's going to sure. be some, you know, a little bit of pressure put on him, you know. So yeah, P- Packy came right out of the gate, you know, struggling, which you kind of expect, you know, nervous, etc. Everybody understands. You know, I'm not criticizing the kid, but listen, he he just didn't bowl that well in the first part of that game. Look at his face at one point in the match. It almost looked like he was saying, oh, if I just could have you know, made a few shots earlier in the game, I'd have this. And he's right if he was thinking that because he could have had it if he had a few shots earlier in the game. But guess what? Sean Rash got through that match, right? And now, yes, for Svensson has to come in on a pair that a lefty two-hander just tore up, right? So you know he's going to be behind the eight ball a little bit. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, now Sean's likely to get through this match against Jesper, which he does. Now you got two games on this pair that you've bowled on, and you're the only mm. one who's thrown a shot on that side. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, how much is this going to affect things? And what does he do? He goes 279, 289 to win the title. I mean, yeah. so, yeah, to me it was interesting because I think in today's sport bowling environment, you know, who you bowl with, how the lanes break down, what happens to the lanes during the course of a, of a competitive environment – is extremely, extremely important. And it really contributes to who's going to bowl good and who's going to bowl bad. For instance, Rob, every, most Saturday mornings, I go and I practice on the sport patterns that I bowl in in league. And when I'm on a pair by myself and I get to throw, you know, a few warm-ups plus a, and I bowl a game and I'm warmed up and I'm hitting the same thing, I open them up right away. I mean, they get, they get stupid easy for me. Because I'm the only one breaking them down. I'm the only one throwing a ball down the lane. So eventually they just open up to the point where you have the look that, that you're, you're basic, you basically want to if you play them correctly. And I kind of think that's what happened on this show. Um, yeah. You know, Brad no, Miller I, came out. He, he looked confused. You know, he, to hit, that really w- was impactful to me because he comes out and he had a great look all week, bold grade all week, and he shoots 189. So clearly the lanes were not what he expected because, you know, Sean got to break them down the way that he wanted. You see, like, I, I really feel like you're missing my point here, though. Like, you watch it at, on a completely different level than 90% of the regular 
fans that watch bowling on TV. I know, now, I know. All the things I said e- exemplify that. Right. And, of course, I, I do, like, watch it on that level. But I also, and you know me, Mike, I watch it. I, I like to watch bowling as a non, uh, like, the non-bowler. And see, like, right. if this is going to be interesting show for people who are just kind of watching to get to be entertained. And I, that's how I like to watch it. And right. there was no, I mean, what, 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 like, it was just people bowling and just in, uh, just going, kind of going through the motions, Mike. And don't get me wrong, like, I, I love Sean and, and we know he's, He's a really emotional dude. So when I saw him and Simonelli bowling for the final, and I said, okay, here's where the show could really bail out. Like, you got two really emotional guys who are pretty good friends, do from their Brunswick days, I would imagine, and uh, have a really chance to kind of go at each other. But by that time, Rash was so lined in and so, like, wired that it, it never really became a match. And Simonelli bowled a pretty good game. You know what I mean? So, like, I mean, he bowled 230, and it, it, it was 234, but it just never, it never could, would be able to get to that, like, back and forth, back and forth, you know, uh, that we saw on the show the previous week, and we saw at least three of the matches in the previous week. No, I agree. I mean, I think that there definitely wasn't as much drama in this show as, as there was in the, in the previous couple shows. Um, you know, that's pretty clear. But uh, Rob, let, let's let's talk about some of the things. You know, you say I watch it differently. Let, let me talk about a couple of the things that I also picked up on, or some of the quote unquote storylines that I like from this show. Rob, Sean Rash wins after his uh, his move to Global Nine Hundred. Rob, what does this mean? It means we talked to him a couple podcasts back about being a transition period from uh, you know Brunswick to Global Nine Hundred. Obviously, there wasn't a transition period. Uh, transition it, period over. Over. It shows how good of a bowler Sean Rash is, honestly. Like, he didn't need any transition period. He, it, the balls, they work for him, uh, and he is just hot right now. And, you know, he carried over from last year. I mean, he had an amazing season last year. So it shows really the company that these guys that are on this level really doesn't matter, right, Mike? I mean, you, you've said it in the past. These guys that are on the elite level, it doesn't matter what ball they throw, and they're going to find a way to, 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 to strike. Yeah, agreed. So I found that to be uh, an interesting storyline here. Rob, can we talk about Sean Rash's comments uh, in the interview oh. after the show? <laughs> so first off, I, I want to publicly apologize because I was wrong. I, when I heard those comments Sean Rash made at the end of the show – about, uh, you know, banning urethane, I thought he was joking. And I went publicly on Twitter. I went on Facebook. I said, look, like, he's joking. Like, whoever takes this serious is kind of, you know, dumb. And then uh, I I got some Twitter feedback on that, and they were like, well, you got to listen to this Flow Bowling interview that Lucas had. And I said, okay, no problem. I'll listen. And then they were talking about it. And I was completely changed my tune. I was like, yeah, I I was wrong. Like, he, he means it. Um, and I, I love the take. Scoops Wiseman had to uh, set you straight there. I love being set straight. I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong, and, and I'll apologize about it. I have no, I've never been the type to come at somebody because they told me I was wrong. And I, look, I was wrong, 
And I kind of really love the take. I love Rash going out and saying that um, because urethane is a big part of the game today. And I knew there was going to, you knew there'd be some, some blowback and the way Rash was talking about it is almost like it's, Mike, an easy way out. Didn't he, didn't he kind of say something in that term? Like, I don't know, quote unquote, what he said. And I should, I, I like to bring that up. And, but he said something, the fact like it's almost like you're taking the easy way out of, of, of being able to control the ball that much. Where is he taking, Mike, is he taking shots at pros that only are having success with urethane by saying that? I, I don't know. I'm not going to speak to that. That's not how I interpreted it. Um, I, I disagree with you. I think it's a terrible take. Um, well, I just do. I mean, take, I, it's a good take, Mike. I'm going to cut you off. It's a good take in the fact where it lets us talk about something. Like it's an interesting take. Like eh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting point. Take that take that. It's not a good yeah. take though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what's your, I, mean, I want to hear your outlook. No, I, I respectfully disagree, you know, and I, and you know, Sean's been on the show almost more than any other bowler that we've had on here. So he knows he has an open invitation to the show whenever he wants to come on. And if he wants to come on and, and have a conversation about it, we're more than open to that. He knows it. But, yeah, I, I just I disagree, um, especially because the reasoning kind of sounded to me, Rob, like he was saying, well, you know, not everybody's adept at using it out here. And, and that particularly applies to him, and he said that. And yeah, come on, like that, that can't be your, and I'm not saying that's his reason, but you know, to voice that as a reason after you say that you would like to see it banned, I think it like drastically weakens your case. Um, you know, so because you, you're not good at using it, nobody else should use it. And again, I know that's probably not the basis of Sean's argument. I'm, I'm not simplifying it down to that, but that is what he said on the show. Those were some of his comments on the show. And again, I think they were said in, in somewhat jest, uh, those particular comments. But, you know, yeah, I, I just disagree. I mean, your thing's a part of the game. It's a tool in the game. And uh, it, it, the, the, the resin balls are made, you know, they're, they're the, the, the next variation of a urethane ball. So, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't agree. I just don't think it's a good take. Um, you know, I, I guess maybe some of it has to do with the popularity of certain urethane balls and the accessibility of those for certain players versus others. But Rob, like, n no one was up in arms when one company's making the best resin ball and nobody else can get their hands on it. So I don't really feel like that's a good argument either. Um, but yeah, well, listen, me, we're all entitled to our opinion. I agree that it gives us something to talk about. That's for sure. Now. I mean, anybody who knows bowling equipment or knows the game today and the bowling equipment, is that coming from a place where maybe Global 900 isn't really making a, a good urethane ball right now, Mike? Because, I mean, it's a pretty big advantage if you're with the EBI or you're with a Storm and you're able to throw a, a Purple Hammer or a Pitch Black. But, I mean, I don't really know Global 900 really has any good urethane balls right now right yeah, they, so they do they do have a urethane ball and i do believe that it's similar to to the pitch black uh, i don't think brunswick ha had any real good urethane balls before the purchase of of ebonite and therefore you know whatever remaining purple hammers there were but yeah listen I, again i don't think that that should even be part of the discussion so you know like i said 
it's it's something to talk about. You know, I thought the comments were interesting. Uh, it definitely made my ears perk up. You know, something else made my ears perk up too, Rob, that he said. And, yep. and that was, uh, you know, I believe he said something to the effect of, uh, thanks to no- 900 Global who supported me when others won it. Mm. You know, and I just found that to be an interesting comment mm. given the context of winning so quickly after making that change. Um, mm. You know, I listened very closely uh, mm-hmm. to, to those interviews. And, you know, so I, I found that to be an interesting comment as well. So, you mm. know, you wanted to know whether I found the show interesting, entertaining. I mean, I get it. I understand your point to the average viewer. It might not have been that great of a show, but there was, to me, there was a lot packed in this show, Rob, where, where when, when it got over, I felt like jumping right on with you. I wish you weren't in California because I was ready to get right into it and unpack some stuff from this show. But, uh, you know, I always enjoy it. I know you do too. And, uh, you know, congrats to Sean Rash again, Rob, 15th title, man. You know, that's like, Man, by the way, this is not the last of this discussion about banning urethane because I feel like we need there there needs to be more conversation on this topic because I'm really okay. interested in it. Yeah, because right. I really well, think listen, if you know, go listen to that I, flow bowling interview if you haven't already with Lucas, and then yeah, definitely. Know, yeah, and then you could talk about maybe what I was my point he was saying. And look, one last point before we move on. Uh, that's why I thought it was a joke when he said it on TV because he made that comment after saying, well, I stink with urethane or I don't know how to use it, so I feel like it should be banned, ha-ha. So I kind of laughed at that, oh, it's a joke. And I was like, oh, he's kind of joking and making a, a crack at it. And then I listened to his interview on Flow, and I'm like, oh, no, like he's not joking. And he also says in the fact something where like, yeah, it kind of feels like it's an out or it's it's an easy way out of um, some of the, the, the patterns and uh, – I mean, it could have been you. It could have been uh, interpreted as a shot at bowlers who only know how to win with urethane. So, go listen to the interview, and then we'll come back to it. How about that? Okay. All right. Sounds fair. All right, Rob. We're uh, we're going to keep it moving here and uh, get into an interview for the people. All right, Rob. So you know, we always like to try and get uh, a variety around here, right? And, and we like to get uh, the best, the big names. Uh, just last week, we had Wesley Lowe on as our guest, one uh, heralded PBA rookie this year. So, Rob, we wanted to go out and get another heralded PBA rookie this year and have them come on the show and chop it up with us a bit. So, uh, tonight, we welcome on uh, Mr. Matt Russo. Matt, how are you, man? Doing very well. How are you guys doing? All right. We're, we're good. Rob, you good? Yeah, I'm, I'm real good, man. Just uh, glad tomorrow's Friday, and I'm glad to uh, talk to you a little bit, see what's going on. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Tomorrow's Friday. Oh my God. And it's only been a four day week for me. That's, that's where I'm at right now. But anyway, uh, yeah, we welcome Matt on for the first time. Uh, Matt, welcome to sweep the rack, man. We, we appreciate the time. We appreciate you, uh, taking some time to talk with us and chop it up a bit. Um, it's his first time on the show. So, you know, Rob, we like to give the people the, the, uh, the background here and, and Matt, that's kind of the first direction we want to go in with you is, um, you know, introduce yourself to, to our fans, uh, our listeners, you know, tell them where, where you come from, what's your background in bowling, how did you get to where you are today? I'm originally from Millstone, New Jersey, uh, went to Florida, down uh, in Florida for school at Weber International for four years, graduated with a degree in business and hospitality, and then uh, met my fiance now, 
uh, while I was on Team USA, and we moved to Fairview Heights, Illinois, uh, where I'm living now. So uh, it's been a, a crazy ride so far, but I'm definitely enjoying it. Got involved in bowling when I was very young. Mom used to bowl league at the bowling center, and I'd go there and hang out and practice and throw the ball down the lane, and then figured out that I was kind of pretty good at it. So I stuck with it and uh, got mentored by two of the best that ever threw the bowling ball on the left side, uh, Parker Bone and Johnny Petraglia, and uh, the rest is history. So I'm um, really honored to have those two as my two biggest influences and mentors in my life, and uh, still to this day, uh, go back and talk to them all the time and uh, just kind of, you know, get the ins and outs on what works and what doesn't and just bounce ideas off of them and, and make sure I'm doing everything uh, the right way. Mm, a lot of a lot of different directions to go in there. So Matt, you know that I coached New Jersey a high school team in New Jersey for a while. So I've known you for for quite a while, or known you as a bowler anyway. Um, Rob, he was a very good high school bowler. Did you? you I, I mean, I know you made the finals a couple times. Did you win the New Jersey individual state championship? Uh, I did not. I bowled uh, I bowled uh, high school states twice and made the finals both times. I uh, fortunately didn't win, but I finished second one year and uh, lost 279 and 300. And then I finished fourth the year before that. So uh, two times I bowled, made the finals, so uh, pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. So, so, Rob, he was a very good high school bowler in the area that I coached in and uh, had a very good high school career. Um, so, yeah, I've known, known Matt for a while. Uh, so yeah, being from New Jersey, that explains the connection with with Parker Bone and uh, and Johnny Petraglia. Uh, they're local to one of the local bowling centers, Hal Lanes, I believe. Am I right, Matt? Correct. Yeah, that's uh, that's my home center. Uh, my parents live about ten minutes, twenty minutes down the road from Hal Lanes. So I uh, grew up in that bowling center my whole life, and I uh, was fortunate enough to come across to meet them. And uh, Parker's like a second father to me. So to have that kind of second father in my life and uh kind of have him as my mentor i couldn't ask for any more yeah so rob as as our guy mentioned here you know he uh he recently had some big news in his in his personal life uh you know got engaged to lauren pate um so matt congratulations man rob we, we got to give it up for this guy we owe him some congratulations man maybe maybe an engagement gift is in order i don't know we might have to get his address off the air what do you think <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> hey, uh, congratulations, Matt, really. Uh, you know, when's the wedding? Is it going to be a big wedding? What are we doing? Are we going to, you know, put it in a bowling alley? You know, because that's where my future wedding is going to be, like right on bowling. the lane. Bo- no, no, thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. No, we, we actually are not uh, having a bowling center. Uh, we've come up with a date uh, with a year, actually. Uh, yeah, we've come up with a year. uh we have come up with a destination, um, so it is going to be in 2023, and uh, we're going to do a destination wedding in Jamaica. Nice. Mike, oh, okay. avoid getting married here. You got any marriage advice? Look, like Mike, Mike is a father. Mike is a, a, a husband. He, he always talks about housework and, uh, you know, all kinds of housework that Mike does. Mike, what kind of marriage advice? you want to give uh our boy matt here because i know you got i know you got it down oh my god how long do we have no if i have to wrap it up quickly uh you speak of housework and all that well listen one of my main pieces of advice and and matt i hope that your future wife listens to this podcast with you and can hold you to this you got to help out 
you got to help out. You you got to be willing to uh, you know take a lot of the work. This is 2020, man. You know these the, uh, the women today. It's not about you know barefoot in the kitchen, et cetera, as it was at one time in our society. So you definitely got to be willing to help out. And uh, my other piece of advice generally would be communicate. That would be my advice. So yeah, again, man. In all seriousness, congratulations and uh, wish you luck. A, a lot of luck with the wedding planning and uh, and going forward, man. You got Rob. They're like a bowling power couple. Mm. That's that's what's up, man. I, that's that's what I, I picture my future marriage going. You know, like bowl mixed doubles tournaments. Uh, you know, bowl for uh, chores and, and housework. And you know, hey, you got an argument? Let's settle on the lanes. Best four to seven. See what's going on. Mm. You know? Yeah, bowling power couple. We got Rob. We got to come up with a nickname for them, mm. like a. <laughs> J-Rod, you know what I mean? One of those. We got we to get that done. We got to come up with that. All right. So, Matt, uh, other, other things that you mentioned. Uh, you know, you have a Team USA background. Uh, you've been a member of, of Junior Team USA, I believe, regular Team USA, and just recently you won the U.S. Amateur Championship. So, congratulations on that as well. There's all kinds. Of, it seems to be the theme tonight, Rob, is congratulations. Um, talk to us, man. Talk to us about that win. Talk to us about your Team USA experience. Yeah, uh, God, Team USA has been a dream of mine since uh, I was a young kid and uh, growing up watching trials and uh, all that kind of stuff. And bowling junior gold, obviously, the winners had to be on Team USA. So it was, uh, yeah, it's been a dream of mine for a long time and uh, decided that I was going to go out and bowl team trials a couple of years ago. And um, somehow, one way or another, I found my way on junior team and uh, then went back the next year to team trials in 2017 and um, made my, you know, got my spot on your team and ended up winning the amateur title um, in 2017. So that gave me a spot on Team USA. Uh, and during that time, I was fortunate enough to get selected to go to Brazil to bowl in the PabCon Champion of Champions event. Um and that was an incredible week. Walked away with uh, four gold medals. Um, it, it was an incredible time competing overseas uh, for my first international competition. Uh, really didn't have any expectations. I just went over there to have a good time, and uh, everything worked out great that week. And uh, missed the team last year, which was kind of unfortunate. I uh, didn't bowl my best, uh, and really that kind of – set a whole new light on, you know, working harder and, uh, you know, becoming better at some of the things I wasn't as good at on the lanes and had a whole new determination this year when I went out there. And, uh, yeah, one team trials, uh, bowled okay one of the days, uh, but I led uh, two days, finished second twice, and then uh, the third day I had like 40-some points. But, uh, yeah, it was a really good week. Uh and I got engaged that week as well. So it was a dream week for sure. Uh, I tell everybody this. I said it's probably the best week of my life, and uh, I don't think anything will ever top that week. Mm. Well, that's amazing. Seriously, that's great Great stuff right there. Congratulations again. Mike, that's all we're saying is congratulations. I feel like – I told you, you know, that's the theme for tonight. I know, which is, which is great for you, Matt. I mean, so – Here's, here, here's a question that I have in regards to, uh, I know you brought up that you went to Weber um, and uh, we had Chris Shawtran on our show a few weeks ago 
uh, talking about Kaggle and uh, their connection and relationship with Weber and what they do for the Weber team and the players and all the technology they bring in, in their training facility. Uh, and uh, I guess a little background here, Mike, let's, let's school Matt here a little bit. Uh, we're having a contest uh, before we get into your uh, Weber background there. Uh, we're having a contest where we're flying someone out to uh, the Music City Nashville tournament in a few months where they're going to be a special guest lane man. And Kegel is uh, helping. They're going to be fronting this contest for us. And we're going to be picking one of our uh, fans to go out there and fly out to Kegel uh, with uh, Kegel at Music City, the tournament in Nashville to help do the lanes, learn all about the conditioning of the, uh, you know, the tournaments and what goes behind doing a, a pattern. And it's a pretty exciting contest for us. Uh, so I guess that being said, a little shameless pl- plug Mike for our contest. Um, True. Uh, what was your Weber experience like? Uh, and uh, it seems like a lot of your success after Weber would, uh, I would assume being from all of that training and collegiate program. So I guess just go into detail a little bit about your Weber experience and what that was like in your co- and the coaching there. Yeah. Um, it- it was a lot of learning. Um, it was a lot of um, learning about life and learning about bowling, um, just kind of changing a little bit uh, of a person. Um, was fortunate enough to bowl with a uh, couple different groups of guys uh, each year and um, kind of got to bounce some ideas off of one another. And, uh, you know, every year was different, so you had to learn a whole new set of people. And, uh try and carry forward what, what happened the past year. Um, senior year was probably, God, my favorite year there. Uh, the group of guys that I bowled with were uh, a, a fantastic group, and uh, we all got along very well, and, um, you know, we ended up winning, so that was that was great. But it was a lot of learning. I learned a lot about not only my game, but the sport of bowling and what goes into patterns and how to read the lane drafts and, bowling balls and layouts and why this bowling ball works better here and, uh, you know, why choose this ball over this one and, you know, uh, versatility and, you know, when they came out with Spetto, we worked on Spetto a lot and shot a bunch of spares and uh, it it was a lot of bowling and unless you don't love bowling, uh, that is not the right place for anybody. Um, For people who want to get better and to want to enjoy uh, you know, learning about the sport and um, love bowling. Uh, it, it's a great place to go. I mean, the schedule facility is um, an incredible place to be. Uh, you can learn so much just by walking in the building. Uh, so, yeah, my my experience there uh, was was fantastic. I I, um, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't think of it going any other way. Uh, you know, there were some hard times, just like there always is, uh, no matter where you go for school. But, uh, yeah, it was a... It definitely was an interesting experience. Uh, you learned a lot and uh, got you get coached by some of the best uh, to ever coach in the sport of bowling. And, um, yeah, I, I carry it forward uh, moving forward as I'm on the lanes and competing. Yeah, it's a great answer. Uh, we, we discussed when we had uh, Chris on the show, you know, whether – like he, he made a great comparison, I thought, when he said that, uh, Weber has training facilities that in bowling rival, you know, what a, a great college football program would have. 
say, like an Alabama or an LSU, something of that nature. Um, we discussed with him how much of an advantage that is to people who go there to, to pursue bowling as a, as a possible profession. Um, can you talk a little bit, Matt, about some of those specific advantages that perhaps you had there that other bowlers didn't necessarily have access to? Yeah, we bowled on uh, patterns every day. Uh, they ran the machine for us. Uh, so we got to bowl on whatever sport pattern we wanted to that schedule had access to. Uh, we got to put it in the machine and go ahead and practice. Uh, we got to bowl basically any time of the day that they were open, uh, other outside of practice. Uh, you got to bounce ideas off of, you know, some of the people who make the machines and guys who design the patterns and, you know, build the lanes and that kind of stuff. And uh, at schedule, a unique feature is that, they're able to change topographies at the lanes. So uh, if you're trying to mimic a certain topography, um, they can do that. So there's definitely a lot of stuff that a normal bowling center can't do that schedule has the opportunity to uh, create for their players. You know, they can create certain situations just by building a pattern. There were a bunch of times we'd have a practice and uh, John Janowitz would create us a pattern based on what we thought we were going to see at a certain bowling center on a certain pattern or at sectionals or nationals. Uh, so yeah, that, that was a huge advantage and being able to do that uh, definitely was able to learn a bunch of different tricks and access rotations and uh, you know, ball roll and how to match up ball roll on based on what we're bowling on. Mm, Rob sounds like a, I mean, man, so, sounds like a bowler's dream. Yeah, man, I wish we had that access when I was that young to be able to see some of those patterns whenever I wanted. Uh, I mean, that's an, uh, a great, sounds like a great program. And from what we've had previous interviews and talked to some uh, guys like Chris Shawtran and, and they, what they support for Weber, man, if I was in high school right now and I was listening to this podcast and I wanted to be uh, take bowling to the next level, I would for sure have my application in the Weber. So, you know, it's a great shout out to a great program and, uh, you know, we kind of uh, definitely, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens uh, in the future with uh, Weber. So, uh, yeah, uh, that being said, yeah. um, so, Matt, you, you were from New Jersey. Now, we're JBT guys, me and, me and Big Mike. That's actually how we met. Uh, did you bowl any JBT? Uh, what do you think? Uh, uh, I mean, did you get a, a chance to do some of those, uh, you know, tour on uh, New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, uh, I guess some of your junior bowling, maybe talk about a little bit about your, your, your junior bowling experience. Yeah, JBT was, uh, yeah, that was the thing when I was growing up, man. I, I used to love to bowl JBTs. Uh, didn't go to a lot of, I didn't go uh, to, I didn't drive that far. Uh, I didn't get two hours in the car to go drive to bowl them on a Sunday uh, or a Saturday. But yeah, I, drew, I uh, bowled my handful of them. Uh, won, uh, I think it's like 13 or 14 titles, won a couple of the majors. Um, yeah, for, for a little bit, I, I was kind of hot bowling those JBTs. Uh, you know, there were certain tournaments that I loved to bowl, and I made sure I got my five in every year to bowl the majors, and there were certain centers I loved to bowl at. Lodi was a huge uh, – I used to love bowling at Lodi, Eagle Rock. Um, Mount Laurel was awesome. Uh, of course, Hal Lanes, I bowled that one all the time. Ocean, Carolier, uh, yeah, I, I, I bowled them all in New Jersey. And, uh, man, my, my junior career was, was fun. I, 
it, there was a lot of ups and downs and uh, a lot of learning and, you know, thinking that how good you are. And I look back on it now and I was like, you know, you can scroll through some of those Facebook memories and, you know, I'm posting about bowling and stuff. And I was like, man, I was excited for bowling 220 on lead. Like, dang, I get excited when I bowl 220 on how, you know, on sports. So, uh, yeah, it's it's awesome to be able to look back at the junior career and see all the memories come up. And I've met so many people in my junior career, uh, you know, that I that I still know today. And, and uh, some of those guys are out here on tour. And, uh, you know, some of them I still talk to when I go back home. So, yeah, the junior bowling uh, led me to meet so many great people. So, and that was, like, the big thing about that. Like, you, like JBT, like, you would go there and you would just you'd meet so many different people from, you know, all parts of the East Coast. And, you know, we'd go out to bowl the Las Vegas Open and you'd meet all the people out West and stuff. So, at JBT, the Junior Bowls Tour, Chuck Pisano and his staff. And, uh, the, yeah, I still talk to Chuck to this day. Uh, so, that's something that, you know, is, is so cool about that kind of stuff. And, and Best was... I mean, best was the tournament. You know, you'd go bowl best, you'd make the cut, and, and you know, they changed the format a little bit now. But, yeah, it used to be a three- or four-day event, and everybody loved it. And, yeah, until I was uh, not eligible anymore, I bowled that tournament. So you said that uh, you, you have a lot of friends that you still talk to that, are, that uh, are currently on tour. Can you give us some names that maybe you guys, you know, who you still talk to, and, and maybe that's on tour right now that you bowled the uh, uh, JBTs with? Yeah, of course. Uh, myself, uh, Kenny Ryan, and Michael Martell, we used to battle it out all the time, uh, bowling JVTs. And, uh, you know, even when we all went to different colleges, uh, we battled it out in college and uh, battled it out at some of the bigger events when we used to go home to bowl JVTs. And now, you know, we're bowling against each other on tour. So uh, those are the two main guys that uh, I see all the time out here on the, on the PBA tour, uh, you know, that I've known for a really, really long time. Yeah, it's interesting that, uh, you know, you, you make those comments about the friendships that are developed uh, through bowling. You know, that's how Rob and I met. You know, we're, we're good friends with Bill O'Neill. That's how we, we all met pretty much through bowling, um, through JBTs for Bill and Rob. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it is. It's something that builds community. You know, it's something that builds friendships. And uh, I think that, that, as you stated very well, you know, it's, it's part of the value of a uh, of being involved in the sport, especially, especially at a high level, um, for sure. So, uh, Matt, who, to you, who is, uh, the, the best JBT bowler ever? We ask all the East coast JBT guys that question. Oh, that's, uh, man, when I was growing up, um, Greg Ostrander literally won like every JBT that I bowled in. Mm, that's he, another guy. Yeah. It's not, that's another guy who bowled New Jersey high school stuff and, and was local to the area. Oh, man. Yeah, there was a lot of talent in, in, in New Jersey high school bowling at that time. Rob, all these guys, Greg Ostrander, Kenny Ryan, Matt Russo, yeah, they all bowled. I still thought the Ostrander, um, I see him out on tour, but, man, like he used to, God, he used to win all of the time. Okay, yeah, and, and Rob – all these guys, listen, phenomenal individual careers and, and you know, team careers to a certain degree uh, in, in New Jersey high school bowling. But, Rob, you want to know whose team won it all, like, every year these guys were in there? Oh, God, here we go. Oh, I thought, all right, Mike, who was it? Yeah, you want to know who it was, Doc? Yeah, yeah, who yeah was it was Aerial Bombers. That's who it was, yeah, my squad. So, 
you know, shout for these guys. No, absolutely no disrespect intended. As I said, individual tournament, they all would have been my picks at that time. But yeah, when it came to the team thing, uh, we were just doing it in a different way, man. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was really great to be a part of that. And I'm, uh, it's awesome to watch you guys. You know, your careers blossom, and you guys really make something of yourselves in the bowling world. It's it's phenomenal. It's awesome. I love it. It's it's uh, you know similar to to how me got to watch a couple, not as many, but a couple guys that we grew up with make it to that same level. Am I right, Rob? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think half of the people or maybe 80% of the people right now that I still talk to from bowling or from JVT. Uh, you know, Mike Fagan's another, another name that I grew up bowling, JVT, uh, and the, the, the talent that we had growing up as junior bowlers that never made it to the Pro Tour was absolutely incredible as well. Uh, just, you know, JVT yeah. is such a great uh, junior experience. Man, I wish I could do that all over again. Oh, true. Yeah, uh, but, I mean... Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say, Dave, I mean, David Knight Jr. is probably second to, uh, you know, I, he, he, yeah. Yeah. No, you, you're right. I mean, he, he won a lot. He won a lot. Like, other than Bill O'Neill, I don't, I, I don't know if I ever saw anyone dominate JVTs the way those two guys did. You know, and I didn't bowl at the same time that they, that Dave Knight was bowling JVTs, but, you know, I followed it at that time. So, yeah, definitely some uh, some great names there. But, uh, Matt, you know, we, we brought you on tonight. Mate, we talked a lot already, and, and we appreciate the time again. But we mainly brought you on tonight to talk about, you know, your first year on the PBA Tour, man, because now this is real. Now you're doing this for a living. You're trying to make a living out of this bowling thing. And uh, we want to talk to you about that, man. You, we, we had Wesley Lowe on, you know, and the point I made was that we've gotten to watch the come up of some of you young bowlers. And I feel like personally for me, you're definitely one of them because I've watched you bowl since high school, you know, followed your college career here and there, different events were, were online and you could see what was going on. Um, you know, obviously bowled some tournaments against you or, or that you bowled in as well in the East coast tournament scene a little bit. And yeah, then to watch you go and, and try and make a career out of this uh, is really interesting, but to see that and to have that background, um, you know, we, we, we have like a, ve a vested interest in, uh, in your career and in what you guys are doing. We've gotten to see a lot of it. Uh, how do you feel about the expectations for a guy like you coming out who has the background that we talked about? You know, people like me and Rob, we know who you are before you even come on tour. So uh, how do you feel about those expectations? How do you deal with those expectations? Uh, you know, a, a lot of, obviously, you know, there's people who have expectations of, you know, how people are going to bowl on tour and, uh, you know, how they're going to, you know, what it's going to be and what it's going to take. But, uh, I, I mean, I, there's really only one expectation I have for myself and that's just, you know, go out there and do the best that I can. And, uh, you know, if in the end, if it all works out, uh, and I win, uh, you know, fantastic. If it doesn't, uh, you know, then I'd look back on and say, you know, what can I do better uh, the next week to, uh, you know, make it and get there even closer. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say I have that much of expectations on myself. Uh, you know, obviously don't want to put too much pressure on myself. Don't want to go on every week, you know, being like, okay, you have to make the cut or, you know, you have to win. Uh, that's just not the best circumstances to bowl under. Uh, there's, you know, a lot more that goes into it than just that. Uh, but after the first week, um, you know, 
I, I love it out here. Uh, I got a taste of it a little bit when I was uh, in college and even before that, bowl a couple of PDA events and, uh, you know, gotten to be around uh, the sport a little bit out here. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a, you know, it's a dream of mine since I was a young kid and to uh, officially come out here as a PBA member and uh, compete in my first event. Uh you know, it's it's something uh, special and, and amazing. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw it blew up on full bowling last night. Uh, but I had two spared yesterday uh, on the front eight. Uh, we're bowling on two different patterns this, this week. So uh, I, I got two. Uh, I got the four eight out of the rack and uh, spared it for 261. So, uh, you know, it, it's been a fun first week. And, uh at the end of the year, if, if I come out as Rookie of the Year, that, that is the ultimate goal this year. Uh, you know, win a title, win Rookie of the Year. Uh, if neither of those happen, you know, nothing to shake a stake at because, you know, I know that each week I'll do the best that I can. And uh, sometimes your best isn't what is going to, you know, get you through it. But, uh, you know, I can't put too much pressure on myself to uh, go out there and, uh, you know, win every week. I thought it was a great thing that Belmos – uh, stated today, actually, uh, you know, he says, I'm human. I can't make the cut every week. And, uh, that, that's, you know, that's something that is huge. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's unfair that Belmo this Belmo that I, he's just an exceptional player. And he's, you know, he is the best of the generation. And, uh, I mean, seeing it firsthand, it's just incredible what he does on the lanes and, uh, you know, how he manages himself throughout the tour and, uh, you know, through qualifying and everything like that. Uh, but, you know, I can basically say the same thing. I'm I'm human and uh, not every week's going to be my best week. But uh, if I'm satisfied with taking the positives out of it, then that's all I can ask for. Matt, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say that that two count that you threw uh, was not on a list of questions that we had uh, or list of things we wanted to talk to you about so uh that's pretty impressive my friend uh to do a, was that front nine two is that it? <laughs> uh yeah it was it was the front eight actually uh no, yeah okay. so i said to myself uh because i was in a ta- i was in the part of the lane where i really wasn't sure what my ball was going to do uh just kind of felt like i had to fit it a little bit uh so we were bowling on 45 feet on the left lane and, uh, yeah, I, I threw some really good shots in that lane. And uh, the one in the eighth, I, I may have missed a, a touch right left in the front. And uh, my ball missed that spot. And uh, I thought at least I was going to get three, maybe four. Uh, and they got two. And I, I was like, man, you know, I, I was like – laughing about it to myself because I was like, man, I know if I struck on this lane, I'm going to bowl 300 because my look on the right lane all week was really good. Uh, and uh, I spared it and, uh, you know, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I didn't think it was going to blow up that fast. I, you know, I knew the cameras were probably going to be on me because I did have a string going. But, uh, yeah, for it to be that, that big of a deal on social media, uh yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun, and actually, if I don't get more than seven in the tenth, I I would have bowled two fifty with the front eight. So, uh, yeah, and there would have been two spares there too. So that definitely would have been another interesting story. Yeah. So uh, first of all, like if anybody's hating on the young man for for getting two, uh, you can go pound sand, okay? 
because these guys are bowling on like real shit. All right. Not stuff where you could throw it anywhere. All right. So let's be clear. Uh, number two, Matt, I want to tell you the guys on flow bowling, Phil in the booth, uh, they were rooting for you to finish that game out so that you would shoot 272. I, I was, you know, I really, there's a couple of stores I want to bowl in my life. Um, and 270, you know, the low numbers like 73, 72, 71, they're definitely in there. Uh, but 272, I, I think that would have been, you know, fantastic. I, I threw a pretty good the first one, the 10th, uh, you know, I got nine. But, uh, yeah, and I actually two counted again today, and I spared it as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it's been a, it's been an interesting time on the, the left lanes for sure. Mm. Okay. So other than the two count, um, how did the rest of the, the, the first week on tour go, you know, give us a little bit of the bowling, but also give us a little bit of the, uh, the off the lane stuff, you know, does it fit your expectations? Uh, what kind of experiences have you had out there? You know, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your first week here other than the two count, obviously. Yeah, uh, bowling. Uh, yeah, bowling was pretty good. Uh, bowled the PTQ and uh, bowled really good the second half of the the five. The we bowled uh, ten game blocks, so we had two five game blocks. Uh, yeah, the second five games was really really good. Uh, really happy that I bowled well. Uh, then we had the practice session and qualifying. Uh, they were a little different um, than they were in the PTQ, and that was expected, obviously. Um, you know, never really got fully comfortable on the left lane this week. Uh, so that's definitely something to look at going forward, uh, just to make sure that I get comfortable a little bit quicker. Uh, yeah, the right lane, I thought they were pretty easy and uh, got comfortable real quick and, you know, just came down to making shots. Uh, but, yeah, the, the first week of bowling was definitely a test of, you know, it's always a test of mental ability. And, uh, you know, these guys are these guys are great out here, so... You know, you may think, oh, yeah, 220 is a good score, but, uh, you know, you look around and sometimes 240, it, you know, is a good score. So, it, you know, the scoring pace is different every week, and uh, this week seemed to be a little bit higher um, than I thought. Um, but that's one thing where you have to say, you know, you can't really worry about everybody else's score. You kind of just have to worry about your own and uh, go forward from there. Uh, but off the lanes, when I'm not bowling, yeah, it, you know, I get to watch people that uh, I've room with uh, out here on tour. So did a little bit of that yesterday. And uh, today I might go back and watch a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun uh, so far. And, and, you know, just to be out here and, and hang out with some of the guys uh, that I've known for a while and, uh, you know, that I was with over – when I was with EBI, uh, we were all on the same staff and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun so far. So I'm really looking forward to the – Next couple of weeks and the rest of the season. Mm, that's a great answer, My, Mike. Uh, I have to also point out something here. Uh, this is the first, a first in sweep the rack history, where we we have two back to back, two two handed lefties on our show. Now, mm. I, I wouldn't, you know, I necessarily, you know me, Mike. I have to bring this up and, and, and talk about. Uh, your style, Matt, two-handed lefty. Uh, how did this, How did you develop this? Like, what was this? I guess. St- how, I guess how, how how did this style come about? 
Uh, ultimately, I just wasn't strong enough to throw the bowling ball one handed down the lane. And if I wanted to, it was with like an eight pounder instead of, you know, 14. Uh, so I, I kind of just stuck with it. Uh, didn't really know it was a thing uh, until I saw Belmo do it, you know, a, a long time ago. Uh, but really didn't think that there, there was anybody like me doing it. Uh, and then I ran into Wesley Lowe when I was in, you know, bowling juniors and junior old. And, uh, you know, he was the best at it when I was growing up. Uh, and nowadays it's probably the biggest revolution in bowling. Uh, but yeah, it just started because I really wasn't strong enough to throw the bowling ball one hand down the lane. And, uh, you know, on the East coast, at least on the left side of the lane, being able to move to the right and hook it was kind of a successful thing, uh, at the East coast because they do hook a lot in most of the centers. And I love to see my ball, you know, go to the left and make a big move to the right. So, once I realized that I can do that with the bowling ball, I was like, well, I ain't going to change it now. Uh, so, uh, you know, over the years, I've changed my game a little bit to adapt to new environments and, and just to become better. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'd ever want to bowl one-handed. I, I just don't see myself ever doing it. So I'm very actually very happy to be two-handed. Okay, fair answer. Uh, Matt, I just realized that uh... – you know, you're 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 out on tour, and your future brother-in-law, I believe, yes, is also out on tour with you, Nick Pate. Yes, uh, yeah, Nick is actually uh, in a, staying a couple rooms down from me in the hotel this week. Uh, yeah, Nick uh, Nick was on my squad this week. He bowled 300 uh, today, his last game. Uh, Nick yeah. loves the bowling center and bowled 300 like four times in the past two years here. So uh, definitely room for him this week. Uh, go watch him a little bit in match play tomorrow. Uh, hopefully he makes the show. Uh, but, yeah, my brother-in-law is here. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of not weird to think about, but, you know, it's, it's kind of cool, like, you know, to say that, you know, Lauren's my fiancé and uh, we're going to get married. And, you know, I've really never kind of talked to Nick as much. Uh, obviously, you know, he seemed a little bit of a quiet guy. But, uh, yeah, I've gotten to know him over the past, couple of years that Lauren and I have been together and uh you know there's some people that made jokes about it oh you know you're gonna see your brother-in-law this week and that kind of stuff but it's all in good fun yeah well I mean but what if you guys you know what if you're bowling each other you know I mean you guys are both hungry dogs out there trying to trying to trying to break through I mean it's not going to cause any issues is it we good <laughs> uh yeah you know I hope so uh I guess we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there but uh you know, I'll always root for him. Uh, I mean, if I'm bowling him, you know, obviously I want to win. He wants to win. And, uh, you know, only I can only control what, what I'm doing, and uh, that's really it. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens uh, once we, uh, you know, get to that point. But uh, lucky enough to be uh, Team USA teammates with him again. So, uh, you know, it was nice to get uh, – to be able to bowl with him a little bit of team trials the last day and uh, – when we eventually face off with each other in match play or on TV, I'm sure uh, she'll be either rooting for both of us or be rooting for her brother. Um, so family comes first, obviously, and I'll never, you know, be that person to hold it against her. And, uh, you know, whoever comes out victorious uh, will be the winner. Mike, you know, uh, I mean, uh, if I was bowling my brother-in-law on TV or uh, in match play, personally, I'd be giving him the business, Mike, like the business. I'd be clapping it out, running him out. Like, 
uh, talking shit. Oh my goodness. Like I just could see this, like, you know, uh, how would that would play out on TV? The ratings would be, would be through the roof. So uh, Matt, yeah. you know, if you have to go home on TV, you gotta, you gotta give them the business. Yeah, here's the problem, though, Rob. The issue with that is, like, you do that, then you got to, like, you know, you got to get together for the holidays. You got to do Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then, like, you know, it's going to be icy. You know, things are going to be icy. And, like, you don't want it like that. You know, you want to you keep things warm around the fam for sure, you know, like Matt said. So, yeah, no, listen, more power to you guys. But good luck to both. We pick on the show. Uh, it was under not so great circumstances. I'm sure you, you heard the story, Matt, but yeah, we had him on the show. So he's been a guest here. So yeah, listen, man, you guys are doing big things. So, uh, shout to you guys. And, uh, again, you know, it's, it's awesome to watch you young guys out there on the come up and, and trying to get your grind on, you know, Nick was out there all year last year, you know, grinding and grinding. I was watching him and I was impressed by his game. And yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised at all to see that, you know, right away this year, boom, second tournament, he's, uh, he's in the hunt and he's making a cut. So, you know, shout to him as well. But, uh, Matt, listen, we appreciate the time. We're going to start to wrap it up with you. There's one just quick question we got to ask you that we ask everybody that we have on the first time, and, and that question is, what is your favorite ball ever? Uh, my favorite bowling ball ever, um, you know, I, I hate to uh, go against the staff that I'm on uh, with 900 Global, uh, but I've got to say, my favorite bowling ball ever is probably the Columbia 300 Blue Eruption. Uh, that ball was really pretty. Uh, I had a lot of success with it, uh, you know, over the years when I was with EBI and in juniors and stuff. Um, but, yeah, that one definitely probably I'd say is my favorite bowling ball ever. Um, I don't really like to say, you know, pick one individual because I think, you know, I've had a for sure had more than one that I've liked that I can rank, you know, up to the top. Uh, but yeah, if I have to pick one, I would more than likely would pick the, uh, blue eruption. That was a great ball. That was a great ball. Uh, you just mentioned you're with 900 global. I know that's a new move for you. Um, how's that going and, and what equipment from them, uh, have you found some success with, or are you a fan of? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, it's been a lot of learning uh, over the past year. Uh, <clears throat> signed with them uh, in 2019. Uh, yeah, it was just a lot of learning. Uh, different bowling balls, different shapes, uh, different uh, switches from certain balls, uh, different sequences, that kind of stuff. Uh, did a lot of uh, research about the balls and, uh, you know, still kind of figuring them out a little bit. Uh, I've kind of found my favorites and uh, what layouts work on which balls and, uh, you know, what shapes I like to see right now. Um, so, yeah, I'm still learning. Obviously, still making sure I'm picking the right balls and, you know, I've got the right sequences and, and making the right ball changes. Um, I've thrown a lot of the White Hot Badger since I've been with them. Uh, the Dream On, I've thrown a lot of through that ball this week. Uh, their urethane balls are, are really good, uh, you know, got a little bit of a variety of them. Uh, we've got the Booyah, and then we've got some ASIM, uh, uh, urethane balls, and uh, Badger Infused is probably, hands down, one of my favorites right now. Uh, I used it at Team Trials. Uh, I've used it a bunch since it came out. It's a uh, 70-30 ball, so it's got 70% urethane and 30% reactive, so it's definitely on the stronger side. Uh, it, it does hook a lot. Uh, it matches up well. Uh, but, yeah, I found uh, a good amount of bowling balls that I really like to uh, to use. And, 
and uh, I've built a, a pretty solid arsenal. And, uh, you know, the more and more I throw them, the more confident I get and the easier, you know, it is to go out there and bowl. So I definitely struggled uh, the past year uh, with bowling just some events and, you know, not picking the right balls or not having the right shapes. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have asked for, a, you know, a harder year because it definitely uh, learned a lot more and uh, wouldn't really take for granted my talent because, you know, picking the right ball is also part of it as well. Uh, and when you have the right ball, it's a lot easier to get up there and throw it. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely been a lot of learning, and I couldn't be happier to be part of the brand. True. Yeah, they got a nice team they're building over there too right now, you know, obviously with the signing of Sean Rash, et cetera, and we, uh, we just had him on and talked about that. So, uh, yeah, good luck. So, Matt, other than 900 Global, uh, any, any other companies, anybody else you want to give a shout to uh, that's supporting your career out there? Uh, yeah, I'm with Vice, uh, so definitely thanks to Vice for all that they've been doing for me, uh, you know, from interchangeables to drips and, uh, you know, just being there uh, when I needed them. And, uh, yeah, that's really it. Uh, not really – I'm not with any other com- companies, uh, maybe moving forward, you know, a potential jersey sponsor or something like that. But, uh, you know, basically the people that have been with me uh, since the beginning, uh, you know – I really wouldn't be able to live out this dream of being on tour without, you know, the support system I have back at home with my parents and uh, my siblings and uh, most importantly, my fiance, uh, holding down the fort back at home, uh, got to watch her live out her dream on the women's tour and, uh, you know, just kind of made me work harder and want to do it out here on the men's tour. So uh, without her, I wouldn't be out here. I wouldn't be able to live out my dreams. So I really can't thank her enough for holding down the fort at home and, uh, you know, pushing me to be a better person, a better bowler, and, uh, you know, just just letting me know, reminding me that I can be out here and compete and, uh, you know, one day hopefully bring home a title. Man, those are beautiful words, you know. And, And listen, we had Nick on, we had you on. Yo, we need to connect, man. We 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 gotta we gotta have the fiance on. We we gotta talk to her when she's ready to go out on tour. Maybe do a little PWBA preview. What do you think? Can you get us the in? Yeah, I, I believe I can. I can help you out there with that. I, I think I know her pretty well now. So uh, yeah, okay. definitely uh, let, uh, talk to her a little bit and uh, see what she's up to. All right, good. We'll get that done. All right, Matt, listen, again, thank you for the time, man. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, it was great to hear from you. I think uh, our listeners are really going to enjoy the interview. And, Rob, we're, we're kind of, you know, introducing the, the listeners and our fans to some of these younger guys on tour so that, you know, when they pop up on the TV show for the first time, because we know it's going to happen, uh, that's an assurity. You know, the, the, the people will be a little bit more familiar with them. So it's great to hear from these young guys. Matt, we appreciate the time. We're definitely going to welcome you back on sometime in the near future. I know that whether it's based on results or just based on wanting to hear from your experiences uh, as you get a little bit more through your first year. But uh, good luck out there, man. Safe travels. And, uh, yeah, continue to do your thing, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. It's my pleasure. No doubt. Have a good one. You too. So, Rob, uh, interesting interview man well-spoken young man you know has a lot of big things going on in his life right now uh you know very very good insight i thought into some of the questions that we asked them uh same with wesley Lowe. i mean rob these young guys man they're smart they're sharp they're a lot smarter in the game of bowling than i was at that age that's for sure uh they just you could tell like they're the, the training that they've had between the college team usa the junior bowling, 
uh, is completely on another level than like when we were younger. So the training is definitely getting more advanced. Uh, and if you, if, you, if you take the right outlets and you go to a great bowling college and you're able to uh, have some good performances in, in Team USA, a junior Team USA, uh, you could be like these guys and making PTQ cuts uh, and uh, just setting yourself up for becoming the next generation of, of the PBA superstars because that's what these guys are doing. Yeah, and that's why we welcome them on the show. You know, that's why I made that comment before we wrapped up the interview, just in terms of, hey, you know, you and I know, like, we've watched bowling for a long time. You know, it's not hard to tell where, where there's talent. You know, when you talk about guys like Wesley Lowe and, and Matt, you know, their names have came up on our show before they were even guests because they, they, uh, they, they're so talented. So, um, yeah, and, and, and to your point there about their backgrounds, you know, Rob, all these young guys that are coming out on tour – do you, do you see what they all have in common? It's not it's not college bowling, Robin. It's not bowling for a particular school. Do you know what they all have in common? It's Team USA, Robin. It's Junior Team USA, regular Team USA. You know, I I, I kind of feel like that that is almost the stamp of approval in the bowling world, you know, right now. Like I'm not saying that it guarantees future success. I mean, obviously, there's examples I'm sure people could point to and say, well, you know, they went through the Team USA or Junior Team USA program. And you know, didn't didn't reach a PBA national title type level, but um, yeah, I really do feel like if you're going through that program, you know, you're you're getting access to the highest level coaching there is. You know, when you talked about their knowledge in terms of how far advanced they are versus where we were, and Rob, let's be honest, we were really good coming out of high school. You know, we were some of the best junior bowlers in the country at that time, and sure. yeah, our our knowledge level was nowhere near where these guys were at, right? No so. Yeah, I mean, so I really I, I see that being the commonality between a lot of these guys, and uh, yeah, I, I think it speaks volumes about uh, about what they have going on there, you know. And then you look at the transition between uh, Team USA, Junior Team USA, and McKendry, you know, and, and McKendry obviously is establishing themselves as kind of a, a dynasty or, or, or a factor every year type program in the college bowling world on both the, the men's and women's side. So yeah. I, you know, interesting to hear all these guys, these young guys' backgrounds and, and see that commonality. But, uh, again, you know, what a great interview with Matt. Uh, you know, gr- great to hear from him. Great to give the listeners the background. We wish him a lot of luck. Um, you know, I, honestly, I can't wait for him to uh, to make a show. Same thing with Wesley, Rob. I was watching Wesley bowl a little bit today. These guys are fiery, man. You know, they, yeah. Wesley's out there, you know, really fiery. And, and I, I hope they bring that to the show. I hope they don't let some of the older guard, um, you know, kind of influence them in a way to say, ah, tone it down, youngin. You know, listen, be you. You know, go out there and be you. Show your personality. And uh, I think that's going to shine through. Right. And I have, I guess, two, two final points uh, to our, our interview and uh, what you said about Team USA. You know, the problem with Team USA is it's almost like the rich get richer, right? Because you have to be yeah. super good to make Team USA. And then once you get to Team USA, you get the all-star coaching and travel experience of Team USA. Yeah, can I, can I go off on a tangent for one second? Sure. Just give me one minute here. So th- okay. there's a book by Malcolm Gladwell called Outliers. And uh, in Outliers, he talks about – basically the premise of the book is – um, 
why certain people are great at certain things. All right, that's that's part of the premise of the book. And in one of the chapters, he examines hockey youth hockey players in Canada, and he examines data and finds out that a lot of kids who become pro hockey players or reach higher levels of hockey in Canada, uh, it, it so happens that they were born between January and March of a particular year, right? They were born early in the year of a particular year. And he, he does some research on why that is. And, and here it turns out, Rob, that, you know, if you're born earlier in the year and you're going up and, and you're playing youth hockey, we're talking about, right? Young kids here. And you're playing against somebody who was born in December or November of that same year, you're basically a year older than that person, right? And at that level, a year makes a big amount of difference. So what happens is those kids who are older, you know, are better prospects, quote unquote, at, the, at, at an earlier age. They get identified as being good players. They then move up to the higher youth levels, get the better coaching, get access to all these things, more tournaments, longer seasons, and then it becomes impossible for the other, the other kids to catch up. And I, I agree with you, man. I see, I see a, a great analogy there between, you know, what I read in that book and, and what's going on, you know, what goes on in the bowling community where the talent is identified at a young age. And then from there, they just pour a lot of resources into that young talent and they outpace everybody by a mile. Mm. Yeah. I would imagine that's like that in a lot of sports, not just hockey and bowling. Like I'd imagine baseball too, is a, a lot like that too, since the scouts and such a, a billion dollar industry, Basketball, oh, yeah, same basketball. Thing, like everything, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, I, I think, I think like he just focused on hockey because he's from Canada, and you know right. that was, you know, that was just what he decided to do for the book. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that it showed me something about um, identifying t- young talent at a young age and some of the uh, advantages or disadvantages that that might present. But I, I, I hear you, and I, I think that you make a, an excellent point in saying that. Yeah. And uh, my second point to close out is, uh, you know, this is a little bit of beef with you, Mike. Uh, You got to support me when I'm trying to get. Yeah, I'm trying to. You got to support me in the interview when I'm trying to get them all riled up to, like, talk some shit to Nick Pate. I mean, you know, (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to get some going here. I'm trying to get some a storyline on a show. You know, maybe could you met like other I I already have. I already have personal people that I know through the bowling world, but also personally hitting me up and telling me they won't come on the podcast because they're afraid they're going to get fined. And you want me to start beef between, between uh, somebody who's engaged to somebody else's sister. Come on, son. I can't, I'm not going there. No well, way. I'm trying to get some storylines, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to get some excitement for a show. If they ever meet each other in the, in the finals, you know, it'd be like that, that movie warrior with, tom hardy and he fights his brother in the finals you, and, you, know. you let's let's be clear rob's a wwe fan rob's a wrestling fan so yeah. rob wants to turn the pba into the wwe he wants to <laughs> see guys out there doing drop kicks and clotheslines <laughs> and jumping off the top rope climbing yeah. up on the ball return and hammering each other you know it, it come on, you, it, it, it get be better it get more ratings and more sponsors i'll tell you that much i don't well, you know, I, it, it, it amazes me. It amazes me, honestly. It's fake. I can't believe people watch it. I'm not even getting into it. I'm not even giving it the time of day. I'm not. <laughs> I, love, I'm not. I love getting you started on that. FYI, Royal right. Rumble on this Sunday, man. Watch, be a watch the South Park episode. That's what I'll say. Watch the South Park episode. Look it up. Uh, so, Rob, uh, 
yeah, great interview with Matt. So, so we'll wrap that up and uh, we'll keep it moving for the people here. All right, so Rob, there's a there's a big game on Sunday. Yes. Yeah, the Puppy Bowl, Mike. That's big. Talk time, please. Yeah. And and one of our one of the friends of the show, uh, our, our resident uh, odds maker, the Sam Rothstein of Sweet the Rack, uh, is is a huge fan of one of the teams involved in this game. So. We wanted to uh, bring them on, even though we're not going to talk much bowling odds tonight, maybe a little bit, but we wanted to bring him on because his team's playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, none other than P.J. Haggerty. What's good, my guy? Gentlemen, it's good to be back on the show. Anytime I get a, a text from Big Mike or Rob and they want me to come on for a few minutes, uh, I typically drop what I'm doing. And, and I'd love to be on, fellas. It's nice to chop it up and talk about bowling and, and maybe some odds and maybe the Super Bowl that's coming up here in a couple of days. Okay, so let, let's let's uh, put the Super Bowl talk on the back burner for a minute. we got a couple other things we got to touch on. Uh, Rob, we we got to give a congratulations to our boy, man. The Sam Ross scene Street, the rack is doing big things out there, dog. Big things in the, in the, in the bowling uh, on the lanes. Uh, PJ, you won uh, Northwest Player of the Year, yes? Is actually West Player of the Year. You're close. Uh, okay. Yeah, sorry West, about West that. West Player of the Year this year. No, it's all good. Okay. And when we announced that on the show earlier, Rob kind of talked about the level of dedication that you need to compete in a lot of the events in the West region just because of the travel involved. So do you find that to be the case where if you're going to make a run at that, you really got to dedicate yourself? Yeah, I, I think you have to bowl – you know, probably a minimum of, of seven or eight events to really even have a pop at it. And I think I'm fortunate for a couple different reasons. Number one, my wife, because we have, as we've discussed, we have five-year-old twins at home. And so full-time job, full-time financial advisor through the week, and then, you know, being a dad and also trying to be competitive on the lanes can be challenging. So I'm blessed to have a, my, my beautiful wife, Janae, who, who will let me go compete but I think we live in a pretty nice area where a lot of these regionals are within about two and a half or three hours. And I talk to buddies, you know, all over the country and they say closest regional is like five hours from them. So I think we're pretty centrally located, but yeah, it definitely takes some, some commitment, but also, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta play them smart, man. And, and if we keep going back to these centers year after year, which, you know, thanks to the proprietors for giving up their center for a weekend, uh, you start to learn certain characteristics about some of these places, and and then you can turn it into uh, you know different patterns that that you might see year in and year out. And for me, I take a lot of notes, and I, I use them when I go back to these places. And and this year, I was fortunate to win it. No doubt. Well, congrats again, man, on the award. We we love that you're out there doing big things. And uh, whenever I see the regional results on the PBA page and I see your name up there, I always get a big smile on my face. So uh big shout and, and shout to the wife too, Janae, the, uh, the, the ace of, of the PBA tour crew. So always, always big shout to her. Uh, lo- love to hear her name brought up on the show, obviously. Um, you know, I saw on Twitter, PJ, you also had some big things going down with storm. Can you, can you mention a little bit about it? Yeah, so, and this is probably a pretty good plug for this tournament. So Steve Klumpkin runs an awesome tournament in January every year. In Utah, it's about uh, 30 minutes from the plant, so you fly into Salt Lake and it's real close. And, and the last couple of years, I've flown in a little bit early and then 
I go check out the plant, which is, it's killer, man. If you guys have never seen how bowling balls are made and what actually goes into the production of it, it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating. It's, it's really cool. And, and the amount of, the amount of people and the amount, the amount of work that goes into these. So, um, yeah, I coordinated with Steve and Chad McLean and Hank that I'd come out and do a ball video for, uh, for storm. So this ball's coming out in March, uh, just by the rules, they say, guy, you know, dude, you can't say anything about the ball, but, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Should be, uh, should be a nice release that we don't really have in the line, I would say, and talking to some of the scientists and Alex Hoskins and Hank and Chad, um, you know, this thing is going to be special. And, and I don't mean to say that like every other staffer, uh, that every ball is special because not every ball that we have is, is, is unbelievable and everybody should drill every one of them, but this one, this one sticks out. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and it comes out in March. Okay. All right. Rob, our boy, the Sam Rothstein to sweep the rack is doing big things, man. Well, I mean, Sam Rothstein did at the end of uh, Casino have his own uh, talk show. So maybe one day we'll get PJ. We'll have his own bowling talk show. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And he knows he has a forum here whenever he wants it. That's fine. We're, we're good. Uh, all right. So let's talk Super Bowl, man. Mm. Let's talk Super Bowl. Your, your 49ers are in the big game. Uh, you probably don't want to hear this, but I'm riding the Andy Reid train just because he was a Philly guy for a long time. Um, but how, how you feeling here, PJ? What's your outlook on this game, bro? One year ago, the Niners were four and twelve, hmm. so Amazing. Vegas had them at yeah, dude. Vegas had them at eight wins this year, maybe nine, I think, but it wasn't much more than that. With the Rams coming back, being real strong, the Seahawks are obviously real good. Nobody knew what Kyler Murray was going to be like. So kind of a tough division. And, bro, for them to, to make the playoffs was, was like right on. You know, that's kind of unexpected. And then, you know, they beat Green Bay. Uh, and that was, you know, at home, which was, which was awesome. Um, I mean, for them to be in the Super Bowl is, like, un- unbelievable, first of all. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm fired up, dude. I, I, I can't wait. Um, you know, Vegas has, has – you know, cause we'll talk about odds here, but Vegas has the Niners as, as an underdog. I think it's like one, one and a half. So um, I have to, I have to think that Patrick Mahomes is somewhat like Lamar Jackson, where that dude can, can make a play out of nothing, kind of like Lamar can. But then I think about when the Niners played the Ravens this year, sure they lost, but they contained Lamar Jackson to, he had like a hundred yards passing that game. So um, if, if I had to place a little money on it, I'm, I'm a little far from Tahoe and Reno to go, to go put a little money on it. But if I had to pick, I'd go Niners money line and I'd go under 54 as, uh, as a, as a little wager. So, Ooh, all right, Rob, uh, you, you want to give your thoughts on the game here? Yeah. You know, um, I really think, and PJ's not going to like what I'm going to have to say here, but, uh, <laughs> I'm really Ryan. I'm really no, thinking. He team. actually, yeah, he, he he's not gonna like it. Uh, yeah. Even though you're probably gonna be on the same side as him. But go ahead. Yeah, I really no. I really feel like the Chiefs, the Chiefs just are a better a better team in general. I, I kind of feel like Mahomes and the, just their size and speed of like Tariq Hill and Kelce and like uh, all, all the guys they have on offense. I kind of feel like. They're, the Chiefs are going to find a way to, to, to break that Niners offense. And I don't think the Niners have enough offense 
to 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 break the Chiefs. So I'm taking the Chiefs in the over, guys. So <laughs> I'm on the complete opposite end here. So I feel like it's going to be a lot looser of a score than people think. Uh, but look, like as long as it's a competitive game, I don't really care. And uh, thankfully, my brother's in Vegas right now, bowling the tat. So I have my own little uh, uh, bookmaker uh, going to be able to put some uh, prop bets. But so look, PJ, prop bets. You got any prop bets you, you, you're looking at or like, or have you have you got a chance to see any of those? Yeah, dude. So I love Scott Van Pelt. I don't know if you guys watch SVP, but him and Stanford Steve had a segment last night about prop bets. And uh, I was outside. I was I was letting the dog do its thing, and I was kind of looking through the window watching watching the TV, and I saw there was one. So the, the PGA has a – they're in Phoenix this week for the waste management. And, you know, they have holes number 16 where they're like, you know, they flip out. They have a noise meter for how loud it gets. Well, they have a prop bet for Justin Thomas. It's what will be lower. Justin Thomas's score on hole 16, which is a part three, or the amount of turnovers in the game. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, yeah, I- I heard a prop bet this right? morning on a on a podcast that I listened to that was <laughs> the total score of the three college basketball games of the teams from New Jersey. It was Mammoth, the school that I graduated from, St. Peter's, and I believe Rutgers was the third school. The total of those three games versus total rushing yards for both teams, I think is what it was. So, so like – there's all kinds of crazy prop bets out there, man. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some uh, I'm gonna dive into some de- degenerate behavior myself probably before Sunday, like I said earlier in the show. But uh, yeah, for sure. Listen, I heard one I, more, gentlemen. I, I heard one more. Check this go one. Ahead, go ahead. Uh, uh, Giannis total points um, over under compared to the amount of throws that Jimmy G will have. No, I think <laughs> Jimmy that's, that's G's, the one. Bro, I'll take Jimmy Giannis G's projected. Yeah. Jimmy G's projected amount of throws is 31. And after he just threw eight against the Packers. If he's got to throw the so, ball 31 times, they're not winning this game. You know, I, I just don't see you know, if they win this game, he's going to control the game. They're going to, you know, run, get their run game going, make it a short game, control the clock, you know, control the score of the game or try to control the score of the game. But, yeah, listen, I, I, I like the Chiefs. You know, I'm rocking with Andy Reid. He's a Philly guy. I would love to see him get, get, get this Super Bowl. I think he deserves it. I think he's one of the great greatest coaches in the history of the game. Uh, the guy went to five straight NFC championships with, with the Eagles. Um, you know, he gave me so much good Eagles football to watch over the years. It was It was great, even though, you know, a lot of it ended in ways that, that were tough. But uh, I would love to see him get this first Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs and the 49ers have been the two best teams that I've seen all year. And uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a close game. But I'll go uh, Chiefs 34, uh, 49ers 28. I think it's going to be a close game, but I, I see the Chiefs winning this game in a high-scoring game where the 49ers kind of just uh, struggle to keep up. Maybe a, a garbage touchdown at the end where, uh, you know, it's kind of out. Uh, 
Uh, I think that might play a factor there. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping for a good game. I can't wait to watch. So, so PJ, what are your plans for the game, man? What are you doing? So I have a buddy who lives about 20 minutes from us. Uh, we have, we've got a group of friends that we hang out with. They're, every, they're all couples and everybody has kids. So, you know, it's basically like who wants to give up their house for like six hours and have the kids go bananas while we watch this football game. But he has a 100-inch uh, projector up, upstairs in one of his rooms. And uh, so we're going there. We've got some – everybody's bringing, you know, some stuff, so it's kind of an a la carte menu. And uh, should should be awesome, dude. I, I can't wait. So What, do you, what are you bringing? What are you bringing? So I'm going to steal a little bit of, uh, of thunder from our boy Billy O'Neill. Uh, Christy, his, his beautiful wife, has a guac recipe that is off the hook. And I remember when I was on tour and we'd go to Billy's house and hang out there for a couple of days. Christy would make this guac, and I stole the recipe from her. So uh, it's it's awesome. And Janae, she is making nachos for the crew. She's got a little special recipe for some nachos. So uh, it, it won't be a healthy day. I know that. It, there's going to be a lot of calories consumed, and I plan on having a few beers, but uh, hopefully some celebratory ones after uh, the Niners defeat the team that you guys are going against by uh, by 10. That's That's my prediction. 31, okay. 21, Niners. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, our, our boy, speaking of cooking and our boy, I went down to his house on New Year's Eve to hang out for a little while. And, uh, yeah, he's into sous vide now. He cooks uh, using the sous vide method. So we're, we're okay. going to have to call him. And, uh, and I, do you guys know what that is or no? I know Rob doesn't know what the hell it is. Do you know what it is, PJ? <laughs> no, I don't. That okay, hasn't so, made its way out west yet. Uh, okay, so sous vide cooking is like where you you wrap the meat in a in like a vacuum sealed bag, okay, and you put this device in a in a a, a container of water. Or a, you know, it could be like a plastic container, could be a a pot of some kind, and the device heats up the water to a particular degree that then cooks the meat to that particular degree. So if, you know, and then you take it out and you sear it in a cast iron pan, I will say that Bill set off all the fire alarms, uh, smoke alarms in his house, searing the steak in the cast iron pan. <laughs> so that was, uh, he needs to work on that. But uh, yeah, so our boy is into sous vide. The next time you guys run into him, you know, tell him, hey, I want, the next time you're at the crib, expect the sous vide, you know, tell him to break it out. So uh, PJ, before you get out of here, man, uh, thoughts on two things thoughts on the first couple shows of the year here that we just saw mm-hmm. and thoughts on the show tomorrow or that well it's going to be today that we released the episode but we're recording this Friday night so thoughts on the show tomorrow sure so obviously the first show was was awesome man uh, a lot of fireworks a lot of close matches um, I thought I thought Barney was pretty impressive with uh, with Lofton a little bit of urethane and Man, I thought he bowled great, even against Oscu. Nice to see Barney throw that double in the tenth uh, to uh, to beat Oscu. And then, you know, I don't think anybody saw Tommy bowling three hundred after after the match that they had. So props to him, man. That was uh, that that was cool to watch, especially being inducted. It's like, you know, you couldn't you couldn't write a better weekend for the, for him. So, congrats to him, of course. Um, I don't know if you guys touched on this a little bit, but last week, you know, felt a little bit flat, even though Rash bowled unbelievable. Man, he bowled he bowled really good. Um, you know, the matches weren't weren't real close and you know like packy packy bowled well but you know obviously he probably had some nerves on tv 
Um, but I thought the show was a little bit flat, but nonetheless, fellas, it's nice to have bowling on every week now, man. It's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm glad that it's, it's back on. We're getting, you know, we're getting some, some, some live shows that I think bowling deserves. And, um, you know, these guys deserve to make a living out of it. So, so hopefully, you know, bowling continues to grow and, and, and it, you know, people start paying attention, but for tomorrow, you know, that should be, man, there's, there's a lot of titles on that show. Um, you know, Belmo being in the third spot and Tommy and, and Barney being the first match. Uh, and then, you know, Troop being up top and even AJ, right. I mean, there's, there's a lot of storylines there. So should be a great show tomorrow. Um, I know there's going to be some urethane thrown that right lane. So I think that might be the trickier one of the two. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of rev rate, so that left lane could get pretty chewed up in the front, which I think gives the advantage to Belmo. If he can, if he can loft it over it and uh, and, and trap it, um, I, I could see Belmo. He's kind of in that sweet spot where he's going to bowl that second match, and then you know he could potentially run the ladder from there. And uh, you know I think he's got a little motivation at home. His, his whole country's on fire. I don't know if, if everything's out yet, but I know he's you know been dedicating some love to uh, to his home country, but. Should be a great show, man. Kind of a kind of a, a different time, right? Saturday at uh, at at three thirty Central. So, hopefully, we still get some viewers out of it. But overall, guys, it's it's nice to see Bowling back on TV every week. That's that's great. Agreed, man. Uh, love the analysis. Uh, Rob and I are are going to let you go because we know that you're in your garage chilling because that's the only place you can go and have a quiet conversation for Sweet the Rack. Uh, we always appreciate the time. Uh, who you want to give a shout out to, man? We know you got some people supporting you out there. Yeah, always appreciate the the plugs, of course. Uh, Storm and and Roto Grip, you know, top shelf, first class products. Uh, wouldn't even, you know, being being fortunate to win regional player of the year this year, uh, wouldn't have happened with uh, with any other company, but but with them. So, uh, a, a lot of love for for Storm and Roto as always, and then Vice Inserts, making sure my grip feels tight. And, and feels good and, and the hand is protected because uh, that baby's the moneymaker. So always appreciate, uh, you know, the support. All right, man. Sam Rothstein of Sweep the Rack, our guy, PJ Haggerty. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, I, either way, I'll text you the day after. I'm, I'll check in on you. I'll make sure you're doing all right, okay? All right, fellas. Four words to close me out. Bang, bang, niner, gang. Peace oh. out, guys. Nah. Later. Okay. <laughs> uh, just just to be clear, his uh, his Twitter handle is fist pump five. So you know, I mean, clearly it says something about the guy when your Twitter handle is fist pump five. But Rob, let's uh, let's follow up on, on his analysis there, uh, and we'll kind of wrap it up after uh, about the show tomorrow, you know, or the show later today when we drop this episode. Um, a lot of energy on that show, Rob. I mean, probably the best lineup of a show that I've seen in a really long time, Mike. I mean, when you think. Absolutely. I mean, you got Kyle Troop, who who obviously is always a crowd favorite, is always going to bring that flair, bring that, that attitude. You got A.J. Johnson, who when he gets it going is fiery. You know, we, we know that. We've seen fiery. that from him. And he's he's hungry. He's hungry. Uh, you got Belmo, you know, who always brings a different level of focus and, and, you know, let's be clear. Like if, if somebody wants to, wants to get into the mental antics with him, he's always willing to give it right back to them. And then you, you, you top it off with the, the opening match 
of the two Hall of Famers that we saw battle it out a couple weeks ago that everybody loves. So, I mean, the potential on the show is just off the charts. But who, who do you like here, Rob? How do you see this show playing out, and who do you like? I'm, I stated this on Twitter a couple days ago. I like the winner of the first match, kind of like how it played out almost last week. Uh, just in the fact where I, I, right now, how could you bet against Tommy Jones? Like, forget everybody else on the show, right? But Tommy Jones right now is the hottest bowler on the planet, hands down. There, there's nobody that's hotter than Tommy Jones right now. Barnes is like super close to how hot Bar- uh, Tommy is. But I mean, what Tommy did on, uh, on the uh, first show where he bowled 300, Hall of Fame induction, and just to follow up with another show. I mean, I, I'm, I can't bet. I'm going to, I'm betting with Tommy. I can't bet against Tommy right now. So that's kind of where okay. I'm going. But I, I, I know where your pick is going and I kind of feel like that would be probably my next pick, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Tommy and we'll see what happens. But uh, what about you, Mike? Yeah. I just kind of think it's unlikely that we're going to see somebody run the ladder twice in a row, especially mm-hmm. with all righties on the show. Um, sure. you know, I think the, the, the running of the ladder last week, I think had a lot to do with Sean being the only righty for the first two matches, like I said earlier, but, yeah. um, yeah, I, the, the way I see this show, I, I can see it going one of two ways. Um, personally, I think Belmo bowls best from the two hole spot. I think, you know, I disagree with PJ. I think that the three hole spot is not his wheelhouse. I think that puts him out there for maybe a game earlier or a game too long then he really wants to be out there. I think when he's in the two spot, uh, he often capitalizes on that. So, you know, I I don't really like the position he's in. I don't really see somebody running the ladder here. No disrespect to either of the guys down there, obviously. Um, I see this going one of two ways. I think AJ Johnson is going to win this show. You know, he, he's hungry. He, you know, he's had a couple opportunities already. He's knocked on the door a few times. You know, he needs to go out there and really kick down the door and, and win this show. You know, he's, he's the only guy on this, uh, on this show without a, a, a national title on TV, I guess, the way things are qualified today. I'm not even sure if he has something that counts as a title outside of that. But, um, yeah, I, I think that it's his opportunity here. Now, with that said, Kyle Troop has bowled great all week. I mean, he's been confident. You know, he's got his swag going on. I watched the last uh, the last match play block last night, and, man, he was feeling it. He was feeling it in this place. So it, I, I could see him, you know, winning it, but I got to say, A.J. Johnson, I think the hunger should make the difference here, and that's just the way that I see this show going. Yeah, I, I think just from watching Flo this week in my busy schedule, Mike, you know, making time to watch. Uh, you had time to watch? I can't even believe you had time to watch. My goodness. I, Every I, time I call you, it's like, oh, well, I have A, B, C, D, E, and F to do. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm no good. Yeah, no, I watched this week, uh, and I feel like the key to this show is going to be the left lane, Mike. Mm, uh, yeah, that no, shark, I agree with that. That shark pattern <laughs> is brutal. What, and, like, I think the 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 – way you have to get the ball going through the pocket on that pattern in this center is just very strange. Like it seemed to me that everybody was really trying to really keep the the pocket tight, so to speak. So 
I agree with you. I think that could be a huge factor on the show. A uh, little bit of a softer lane condition, I thought, throughout the week on the right lane, um, you know, in, in terms of getting the right shape to get the ball to strike. But, yeah, listen, uh, tomorrow, you know, as PJ said, tomorrow afternoon, uh, PBA show is going to be airing. Make sure you're tuning in. Um, actually, it'll be this afternoon when we drop this episode. And, uh, yeah, can't, can't wait to see what happens, Rob. I, I hope it's a good one. Like I said, a lot of energy on the show, so I think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of potential there. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. And I also want to give a quick shout-out to Jacob Butcher for being the only lefty to make the top 16 this week. Uh, mm-hmm. That just shows you how good he is because the left side was not good this week. Uh, and he still matched the way to get in the top 16. So I kind of feel like that, that deserves a, a little bit of a shout. True. Okay. All right, Rob. So uh, we're going to wrap it up for the people. We hope they enjoyed this episode. Uh, one last thing we want to put out there, just remind people again, we have this uh, contest running with Kegel in the Kegel Training Center. Free trip to Nashville. Get the full lane man experience. Per diem for your meals. Flights taken care of. Hotels taken care of. Check out some college bowling. Hang out in a beautiful city. Uh, get us your entries for that event. They're going to close before you know it. So make sure you're getting those in. It's uh, Sweep the Rack at Gmail. Please put contest in the subject line. And, Rob, even if they don't want to hit us up for the contest, anybody that wants to reach out to us, uh, feel free to do so. We love getting the emails. We love interacting with the people out there that are listening. Uh, sweep the Rack at Gmail. Sweep the rack on all social media. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, Rob, you going to be live tweeting the show tomorrow a little bit, or what? YouTube yeah, to do I, that? Or are you you going to no. be doing that? <laughs> no, actually, the timing worked out per- perfect for this show, since uh, I do have plans tomorrow. It's one of my friend's birthday, and her, her dinner isn't until six thirty, so it actually runs awesome for me. So yes, I will be live tweeting, and I'm. Ex- Really, actually, super excited for this show. I don't think I think the last show that I've been this excited for was uh, when Bill bowled Rash at the PBA playoffs, and you were there. I feel like this is uh, just as is is just there's just so many storylines, like PJ said on the show coming tomorrow. So super excited, and, and just hope like everybody is is bringing the fire and the emotion, and uh, you know I I want to be entertained, Mike. So that's the, the key. Okay. All right. Well, Rob, uh, take it easy, homie. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And, uh, yeah, we'll, I, I believe that we'll catch up with the people rather quickly after this show on Saturday, right? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Okay, man. Peace. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.